Hey guys, this is Alexis. And this is Tremus. And you're listening to More, More Wine, Wine Please. Please. Alright guys, so we're going to skip to a segment Trey and I like to call, What's Tea, Sis? And since this is the first episode, a little background. This is going to be a segment where Alexis and I recap something that we've read or watched or heard and thought was interesting. So uh, with that, what's tea, sis? Okay, so my tea for today is uh, Prince Harry is engaged to Meghan Markle. She is an actress, a U.S. actress. Uh, she plays in the show Suits. I've never actually watched the show. Have you watched the show Suits? No, but I have a friend who was... Who, like, talks about Suits? Yeah, he yeah talks about it a lot. I, I've never watched the show. She's a beautiful woman. She seems very nice. Um, however, I just have to say that I'm a little bit... Mm, what's the word here? Uh, here we go. I'm 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 just I'm just a little indifferent to the coverage of uh, the prince and the soon to be princess. I just feel that we're making it a very big deal because, you know, we're there's all these articles about bringing melanin to the royal family, and we just shouldn't be that shocked that, you know, a man of another race is willing to date a black woman, or that. She's a black woman. First of all, she is biracial. Um, you know, we should not identify for her. Her mother is black and her father is white, I understand. Um, and she's, a, again, beautiful, wonderful. Uh, she's a champion for women's rights and she's really amazing. But I just feel like let's not get too crazy here. You know, we aren't that happy that a man wants us. Come on, ladies. Like, we're beautiful, and if Prince Harry never wanted some melanin in the castle, so what? You know, I'm glad that they fell in love, but we should be talking about their love and not just, you know, the fact that she's a black woman. Wow. That's just how I feel. Don't get me wrong. I think that they're a beautiful couple. I think she's very nice. I really like the activism. I think that it'd be great. I'm here for it, but I just think that we need to stop always being so, like, we've, we've been wanting the royal castle to let us in for so long. If they don't want to let us in, then forget them, okay? Well, okay, to be fair, I don't think that anyone was petitioning or starting a GoFundMe or a political action committee to get some melanin up inside, you know, Buckingham Palace. Mm -hmm. And... But I think we're celebrating the fact that there finally is some melanin up in Buckingham Palace. And I don't think that anyone should be criticized for that. Especially because you said, oh, black women shouldn't be clamoring for the attention or affection or love of some white man. But really, it's not just some white man. Girl, this is the royal family. This is yes, Prince I Harry. Yes, I understand and that. I- Shout out to Prince Harry. That's great. All I'm saying is, whether Prince Harry wanted her or not, she was still a beautiful black woman at the end of the day that had it going on with or without him. That is all I'm saying. I am not, I am happy for them because they are in love. I am not happy for them because he is marrying a biracial woman. I'm happy for our society 
and that we're also in this moment where people are discovering how much racism still exists. Oh, I agree with you that. You know what I mean? Like, there was outrage along with the celebration that essentially they're going to dilute the royal family. And I saw an interview that Prince Harry did, that they did together actually, where, um, who's it? Chris Jansing asked how Harry thought that his mother would feel about yeah. her. And he says, I thought, I think they'd be best friends mm-hmm. and he'd be really happy mm-hmm. or she'd be really happy. I thought a few things. One, you did not know her as an adult. You did not know what she liked and what she disliked. And to say that they would have been best friends is very naive <laughs> and jumping to conclusions like you jumping off a cliff. Okay. Uh- and second... You don't think that that white woman would have had no problem with that black woman up in her home? Well, Princess Diana was a, uh, to my understanding, she did a lot of also like activism, and she was she was a very kind woman, and she was she ain't have them up in her house. A lot of things, not in so, the family. I, that's why I'm saying this is a significant point. This is significant that a woman of color is being brought into the royal family, especially. But when you say things like being brought into the royal family. I am just not here for, you know, applauding people for for now deciding to not be racist. I'm not saying that the royal family is racist. I'm not saying Prince Harry is racist. I'm just talking to the bigger picture here that, you know, oh, oh congratulations, you, you finally start letting your child have black friends. No, 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 no. no we're, we're not, not clapping con- for that. We're not congratulating. I'm not clapping because you decided that you could, you know, that you found a woman who you love that happens to be biracial. I mean, I just, I'm, I... So apply your argument to the White House. A place where there's never in history, there had never in history been a black president Mm-hmm. Until Barack Obama. Right. Are you saying that we should not have celebrated the fact that people are at least less racist to the extent that we could elect a black president just because Barack Obama was popping before he became president? I think that that's a good point. I think that... Nah. Yeah, you, you, you tried it. You tried. I feel like we were celebrating... Former President Barack Obama's achievements. We were we were celebrating how far we have come. We as Black people have come over time. We were not celebrating the the coincidental love of one person for another. Those are two different things. I mean, he he he. I'm I'm just saying. Let's not applaud him because he decided that the black woman was beautiful. I See, I I I, I, I already knew that 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 the black woman was beautiful. I don't think it took him a long time to come around. It took the royal family, however many years, to figure out that the black woman was beautiful. Guess what, royal family? I already knew. Surprise, surprise. Okay. Fair enough. I'm gonna leave it there. So there's that. The Buckingham Palace is on. going to um, come over and kill us. No, I think they're going to mind their business, just as are we. They probably aren't going to listen to our podcast. All right, so what's our next... I just want to invite to the wedding. Yes, I do too. With all that being said, please... uh, I'm available, whatever the dates are. Whatever it is, I'll make it work, sis. Um, Trey, what's T, sis? Well, 
Uh, a few things, but Uh-oh. I guess something that stuck out to me was my title subscription, and mm-hmm. no one else may be as invested in this, literally and otherwise, as I am. However, there are so many moments where I, you know, get a hundred dollar speeding ticket driving through DC, Hate or I have to pay my. Car insurance note, my car, car note, insurance. my student loan, my students. credit card Hate debt. credit card debt. All of these things. These are coins I do not have. Don't have the coins. And then I look at my bills, my expenses, and title pops up $9.99. I'm like, I could easily just get rid of you. Mm-hmm. I could wipe you out like the plague. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, something drops on there. And I'm like, you know what? This is why I keep you. And the most recent thing of that nature is these new Jay-Z videos. And I don't want to make like a Jay-Z endorsement or start a debate over I do. the talent Hope. of Jay-Z. Keep going. <laughs> but yeah, if you are anti-Jay, you're wrong. So Sorry. Wrong. Sorry. So, oh my God. No, we something agree we strongly on disagreed on is something we really agree on. Maybe we should try and do that. Yeah, no, I totally agree. Anyway, um, if you don't have title, I'm sure you can figure out a way to like LimeWire. You know, <laughs> people still LimeWire. No, like the the modern LimeWire. I'm sure there's something. Where you think people there's go a modern to, LimeWire? I mean, what they call torrents. I think that is the continue. You can torrent it. I'm not condoning illegal activity for the record. I'm just saying, figure it out. Borrow a password or something like that. Anyway, he has this video. He has three videos that I watched recently. One is called um, Legacy for the song Legacy from the album. And it has Jesse Williams in it. It's 10 minutes long. And it tells the story of a group of inmates who are called to a meeting that they know nothing about to escape. I'm not going to give anything away. I'm just going to give you guys these little teases. He has another video from Marcy Me that nearly brought me to tears as a little boy found himself in the wrong place at the wrong time. And Smile, as you all may know, a song about his mother, written and produced by him and his mother, that uh, visualizes what the song is about. And to me, it just felt very Lemonade-esque. You know, creating a video that's not just a music video that you'd see on MTV or wherever people even yeah like people, people don't even really watch I guess like v- Vivo I don't know on YouTube that's the thing anyway it felt significant so uh, if you get the opportunity or the chance or have a way to do it watch it and let's just say Jay Z is like the best and. I'm not a huge. The best. He okay. Let let me finish here. It's not like. Let me finish here. Reach. I do not claim to be like, you know, a rap fanatic. I listen to very few people. If you ask my boyfriend, he will tell you I only like Jay Z because of Beyonce, but that is not true. I like Jay Z because I like Jay Z. Um, and this album was. It's interesting because you have to look at the entire family's albums, right? Like, 
Beyonce's album was a album not just about that whole Lemonade era, because let's call it an era, because that's what it was, was about more than just her breakup with Jay-Z. It was about, you know, police brutality, about activism. She brought the mothers of the movement to the um, award shows and let them walk the red carpet. And then you had Solange coming out being like, don't touch my hair, sis. Like, I'm here for it. And then Jay-Z's album comes out and he's basically saying the same thing. Like, don't spend all your money here. Invest your money. I was stupid. I bought cars I didn't need. I could have invested a $2 billion building and now it's worth $10 million. I'm going to buy this painting because one day Blue is going to be filthy rich. Not just off the stuff that I've already done, but because of the things that yeah. I'm investing. Also, how does Blue grow up and not be a brat? Yeah, I know. I'm, right? I'm not sure. I, I Listen, if she grows up to be the biggest, biggest brat there is, what can you do? Like, you know what like, I mean? Like, who in Hollywood has successfully raised a child? That wasn't a brat? I mean, there probably are some. I just can't think of any off the top of my head. I'm here for I, I um, Magic Johnson's son. EJ, yeah, I'm here for him, but he's such a diva. Well, I mean, if you're gonna be a diva, at least do it well. He does do it well. <laughs> I don't know. He does. It. He he slays Turn every day. Turn the coin day. from it. <clears throat> he does. He's yes, he does. Um, but yeah, I just feel like Jay Z's album is amazing. So, all right, you guys should listen if you haven't already. You're like a year late and pretty lame. And then we can talk about that more. So that's it, I think, for what's thesis. Yeah, we were going to talk about, like, North Korea and bunkers and all that other kind of stuff. But I don't think we have time for that. We'll no time it. for no thesis. We'll put a cork in it. <laughs> I like that. We're going to put a cork in it for now. So let's get into it. Have you ever heard a catcalling story that made you laugh? Do you care at all about the Me Too movement? Have you ever had a period or know someone who has? If the answer to any of these questions is yes, or even if it's not, I don't care, then just keep listening to the episode anyway. You'll hear more about the stigma around periods and blood and all that stuff, catcalling stories, and if you listen all the way to the end, you'll get a nice little surprise and hear about how this podcast was almost canceled. Thankfully, it was not. So let's start the show. If you've made it this far, we'd like to introduce Joel Addy and Eva Woolridge, the co-founders of the Red Dot Campaign, an organization all about embracing the period, erasing stigma, and promoting menstrual health. We talk to them about all these things and more. Here's their story. So, rewind to like winter break, University of Maryland, senior year. Uh, We were at Eva's house hanging out for the day and... uh, (laughs) <laughs> we see this article. <laughs> we see this article about what homeless women experience on their periods, and we're kind of just like, wait a second, like we are menstruating people. How the fuck did we miss this? Like we just had that awakening moment of like, wait, if I can't have resources for my period, what would I do? And uh, we're like, all right, like we should do something about that. But what what would that look like? And then Red Dot was born. Yeah, we we went back into camp, went back to campus after the break, and we're like, how can we get involved? We made it like a senior year initiative. We're like, let's do something for the community. Like let's we're not our mark on campus. Yeah, so um, <clears throat> we worked and spoke to about twenty orgs on campus, saying, hey, can we collect don- like donations in front of your club meetings and stuff like that? And that really expanded into working with like sororities of 
on campus focus organization yeah it, health ones too i think we, we had something with school public health in their like main office like hey yeah your your students should want to be part of this okay so. it developed really organically and um but in the year we had a goal of ten thousand products to be collected and we were like we're not gonna get me let's, <laughs> let's, it, it's a good idea we can you know we're told to have a goal um, but then we actually surpassed that yeah. by the end of four months just with the help of all these different orgs. And we're like, well, this is amazing. When we donated it to where did we donate again? It was uh, Thrive? So not Thrive yet, but they are one of the places we donate to more now. Uh, so it was like Holly's house or Patty's place. I always forget the person who runs it was either named Patty or Holly. And so <laughs> like the place was alliteration, but it was in right. Baltimore. <laughs> okay. And it was right. Yeah. We, when we were collecting senior year, um, we were outside asking students who were passing by, like, hey, can you, you know, go to the convenience store across the street, just come back, donate these items. And they were like, yeah, sure, blah, blah, blah. And then there was, like, a few guy friends that came by, um, and I was like, hey, you, you guys are my friends. You're totally going to do this for me. Do you mind collecting these products? And one was a person I was seeing at, this, at that moment. And... At the, he was like, well, I'll give you the money to buy it yourself, but I don't feel comfortable buying these products. And I literally looked at him sideways, like my neck broke. I was like... <laughs> well, so he, he didn't get a second did, date, right? Did. That's what you're saying. No second date. Exactly. Gotcha. Is the fact that it was such a big deal that he himself didn't feel comfortable collecting these... Like just buying this product for a bigger cause. You didn't feel comfortable. When his friend was like, look, I'll be right back. I'm going to buy the product. I was like... This guy right here, this is the one. <laughs> it was absurd, the fact that there is a disgust associated with the period, when it's something that is so natural that a lot of girls were very excited to get their periods. Like, I was that kid. <laughs> I don't know about you, but I was. Uh, yeah, I wasn't excited, but I, it's like I knew it was coming, but yeah, when it came, I was still like, what the hell is happening? Like, something's wrong right now. And then I had to like, wait <laughs> Two a different second. Situations. You, you know, you know you, you're familiar with this thing that's going to happen to your body. Right. It was... No, I cried. You wanted boobs I cried like a baby. <laughs> I wanted boobs. <laughs> yeah, I still didn't hear it. Yeah, that didn't happen for me. What about you, Trey? No? no. Yeah, I remember yeah. so vividly. Yeah. <laughs> Not getting one. Where do you think that this stigma really comes from? Because, it's, I mean, obviously you're not born thinking this way, but it seems to be a very dominant, you know, thought process, at least among a lot of men, that it's something that's kind of nasty. I feel like I would attribute it to the fact that no one was talking about periods for so long. Like, it's it's still, like, a pleasant and wonderful surprise when you walk into, like, a period conversation or you get to just have one freely and openly and, like, no one's, like, turning their mouth up or just getting uncomfortable looking at the topic, you know? Like, I think part of the whole period movement is the awakening of us being able to just discuss periods and kind of exercise where they've come from. And, and going off of that, it really depends. Like, w are you talking about specifically in the U.S.? Yeah, I mean, I think it's hard to speak for other countries. I mean, there, it, there are amazing resources that actually share... Like, okay. let's talk about it around the world. There are... Kids, young girls that experience a period who aren't even educated on the period, but they have to miss school. They're actually not allowed to go to school. Um, I don't want to drop countries that I, I had like a whole book that or that explained it all, but 
Um, it is a huge, serious issue, the fact that there is so much distaste and it's, there's understand, understanding of um, where they are in society and what they represent just by having a period, like, it's equivalent to disgusting. Like, you are a disgusting human being. Men don't touch you when you're on your period. There are um, rumors and myths that, like, if you are on your period and you touch food, it immediately goes spoil. Like, this is current understanding around the world of what menstruation is. But then there's also this other um, idea that it's powerful. And that, that, that it goes way further back. Yeah, that's what I was going to ask. Do you think that there are countries, or based on what you know, that are actually doing it right, like doing it better than you think the U.S. is currently handling oh, yeah. period, or menstruation? Isn't it England that's got started talking about like menstrual leave? That's pretty impressive. Yeah, in Japan too. Yeah, like I want some menstrual leave. Absolutely. <laughs> Sign me up. Girl, <laughs> I mean, it, in terms of entrepreneurship, I really have to applaud India because there this now this is an area where there was a lot of social stigma still is like you separate yourself if you're on your period all that type of stuff but there are also these new entrepreneurs that are very quickly ending that social stigma they're they're challenging it um, there are inventors creating um, pad like um, machinery that's able to develop pads very quickly um, and easily with not that much material and doesn't mm -hmm. cost that much. And then that mass production, um, they are then working with other women to brand those different periods. So they're basically the, um, wow, this wine is really <laughs> Oh, would you like some more? I'm struggling so hard to be honest. <laughs> No, I was feeling you. You were but, there. I just felt myself but, warming up a little bit. Yeah, I decided like to really slow hard. down. Like, God, shit. <laughs> um, but they are um, outsourcing and they're hiring women to yeah. create, use this material to create their own brands, which is allowing women to be their own entrepreneurs. Mm -hmm. um, that is something that we don't really see in India. There are women finally taking advantage of. Um, something that is demonized and they're like, nope, this is a resource. This new machinery that is being invented is going to allow uh, more women to become businesswomen um, and take hold of their life. So it goes a lot deeper than just having your period. Yeah. It's giving access and freedom to be able to not separate yourself and not be able to go to school just because you have this biological thing that happens. Um, instead advantage of education too. Yeah. Um, right. My family's Liberian. We go back there every couple of years, and so I was just there last year for uh, the holidays, and I was chatting with some people about their experiences with their period and like what do they do for resources because you know they don't always have tampons and pads, and so um, we have this kind of thing called a lapa. It's basically a giant piece of cloth, and you're gonna like tie it around, and use a skirt, or you can use it as like a head wrap and. It comes in different uh, like yard sizes, and so they're like, this is our period resource. Like we're cutting this up into like sections and folding it, and then you just have to throw it when you're done because you don't have as much access to like cleaning it out all the time. Or um, I think the country as a whole doesn't have a really great like waste management system, and so they complain a lot about seeing used pads and diapers around because no one knows to like at least tie it up in a bag to dispose of it. And then you've got the girls who are hiding it when they go to school, if they if they have the product to go to school with and like just don't know how to dispose of it and let it not be so ingrained in their everyday life. Right. And I think that that's 
if I can, you know, offer my, you know, two cents here as a woman. You know, it's it's like one of those things we take for granted, right? Mm -hmm. Because mm -hmm. you go to the store, you you know, when your cycle's coming, you go to the store and you buy some tampons, you buy some pads. But the reality for the women that you all help in the D.C. area, in Baltimore and all these places is that they're women just like we are, right? Just because you're homeless, your period doesn't stop. Best quote I've heard when we were doing, when we were starting Red Dot was from Huffington Post, and it was saying that the idea of collecting menstrual products was not even people didn't realize that it was a necessity because right. it is such a taboo topic. Reading the Huffington Post article, I you know, was reading it just thinking this isn't what? something I would have even thought of thought yeah, to consider. Same. Like canned food, toothbrushes, exactly. Yeah. They're not shoes, even aware. Not tampons, not right. bags. But I guess like you said, it's a lack of discussion about the topic. Mm -hmm. Right. And we 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 try to focus on everyone who's menstruating, not just like a woman, because yeah. people who menstruate include non-binary people, trans people. Yeah. Um, we want to be inclusive in like the conversations we have about people who are menstruating. And Absolutely. even that, when we address it so openly, we're like, it's not just women experiencing the period. That should not be, you're like, oh, even if you didn't even consider it. It's just having that open mind is like, oh, true. Like, you're right, you identify as a man, but you have yet to, you still have your period. Mm -hmm. That should not be a question, but we get so much flack publicly supporting that idea. We get like yeah. really disgusting, rude comments when we posted our friend uh, Cass Clemens. Clemmer. Clemmer. Yeah. Oh my God. It's the wine, I swear. The wine. No more wine, please. Please, no but, more wine, please. But yeah. yeah, our flack is like nothing compared to what, what someone like Cass is going through. Sorry. Cass is a. Uh, I don't want to misspeak on how they identify, but Cass is a person who I believe is transitioning and uh, experiences a tampon. So they posted this really raw photo of them uh, menstruating and like kind of just bleeding through their clothing, and they used the hashtag bleeding while trans. And it uh, was featured a lot. People hated our post about it. They got a lot of terrible kind of feedback on social media just from close-minded people about why like their body is doing So that. how do we change that? How do we, you know, break that down for people? I mean, I, I imagine there was a uh, another woman a few years ago that BuzzFeed featured um, who ran in a marathon. And Madden she... Gandhi. Yes, oh. and yes. she gets to the yes. finish line. And I think she's wearing all white or something and other. And, you know, she's bleeding mm -hmm. through her clothes at this point. And she's like, I just ran a marathon. Like, I wasn't stopping this marathon to get a change of tampon. And you need to get over it. Like, you know what I mean? Like, I'm showing you this is the reality for a woman. You know, this is what happens to us every day. And she got so much... I mean, just the BuzzFeed comments was enough to make Disgusting. a person... Right, make yeah. you cringe. Like, these people are insane. And it wasn't just men. It was women yeah. as well. So what do you say to young girls, to your nieces and nephews, to your little sisters and, you know, and, and brothers and uncles and dads? Like, how do we start that conversation? Having the conversation. Yeah. That's really... Look, I was a kid that really wanted my period. I was... <laughs> I got it in the bathroom. I called my dad first. I said, Dad, it's happened. And this was like... <laughs> I, I am a woman now. And it's... I don't know. It's having... Even if you are in a place that is not as open-minded and likes to shun it... Finding that one, per you're not weird for having your own thoughts. Your thoughts are valid. And so if you have this experience of enthusiasm, experiencing this new chapter in your life that the period represents, finding someone that will, you know, will 
give an ear is a great start. Like, understanding that you're going to, whether it's, like, a teacher, sister, it, it, a guy, like, it doesn't matter. Understanding that you you have, if you search and find that person that you can, that will give an ear and be open-minded to, I think that's how it starts. Because even this conversation right now, like, we're ha- this is a, sp- a professional space, and we're talking about periods. Like, that's, that's <laughs> pretty odd. Right. Yeah, it's great. Yeah. Uh, I feel like you, what's it called? My, I feel like there's a, a balance to strike at the same time. Like, I just love talking about periods, so I'll do it at my house all the time in front of my family, and my brothers are like, can you please give us a fucking break? Right. Like, no, we can't hear any more about this, and I'm like, but. I don't want to hear what you're about, and right. I want my niece to hear me talking about it, so that she wants to talk about it. And right. And just keep that conversation moving forward. All right. You just heard part of our conversation with Eva and Jewel all about them and Red Dot. Later on in the conversation, though, they shared with us how the organization became part of a national conversation. I'm sure you're all aware of what's happening on sexual assault right now. And Eva explained that it was actually a spontaneous thing that all started with a Facebook post. I shared my experience being at college and um, experiencing sexual assault and rape myself, um, it was scary. It was real, and it was a point where, and if you read it, I'm not gonna like dive into it, but it was an opportunity. I personally felt it was an opportunity to express my experience, and I've always used my story as a platform anonymously um, when freshmen were coming in um, after it happened to me. Um, and when they were coming in, I would use it as an opportunity to be like, look, this can happen to anyone. I have a friend. We always use that. I have a friend. No, that was that was me. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, it was scary. I felt alone. I didn't know how to tell people. I, But this was something that I held on my chest, but I also needed to explain. And this Me Too was an opportunity to have that unity. But the same, and what's beautiful is that I was like, look, I'm scared to post this. Um, I'm going to do it, but can you guys just, all I asked my team was, can you just repost it so it doesn't seem like it's just me? <laughs> like, just like, someone reposted it so it's not branded as, oh, this is Eva's story she's trying to um, talk about. Um, and But then they offered to share their own experience. So within our community, Three our team, or, yeah, 100% of us, we all, exper- right. yeah, we had our own experience. And, um, the next day after it was being shared and everyone's, I felt weird too. People were like, I don't know, thank you so much for sharing your story. And I was deleting comments. I didn't want anything that was so directly saying, Eva, go girl. Like I, right. even though it was mm-hmm. all positive, I was like, delete, no, I don't. I felt yeah. weird responding. So I um, texted them. I was like, look, hey, are you guys okay? Just want to like check in, make sure you guys are okay. Because right. some of the stuff no, we never told anyone about Right. And you have yeah. to understand that's a lonely experience. So so how was that Me Too campaign, you know, how important was that for not only yourselves, but for just women, you know? I mean, I personally found it really therapeutic. I think um, cases of sexual harassment and rape, you kind of just bury underneath layers and layers of yourself and kind of just don't evaluate it or, like, want to rethink the moment or relive the moment. And so writing out mine, I was kind of like shit, I haven't had these thoughts in, like, years and years, and to really kind of hash them out and try to pick, a, pick apart how that evening played out, it was, it was eye-opening. Um, 
but I am totally here for the Me Too movement. I love all of these cis white men that are being called out left and right and losing their job and being held accountable for the shit that they put people through. Uh, I want more of it. And I look forward to the turn of leadership and power. That, and like, yes. what the next wave of the, people in power The future is like. female. Yeah. <laughs> we finally got to a topic we've all experienced in life. Yes, you, girl in the yellow shirt. Let me holla at you. So this is how I like to talk about catcalling. I talked about this in our comedy show last week. You go outside, you're like, ah, I'm going to start the day. The sun is kissing you on your cheeks. You are ready. You know what I'm saying? Like, you are ready to take on the day because you are a bad bitty. You walk down, you're walking down the sidewalk, you're chilling, you have your nice headphones in because you're used to what is about to happen. Mm -hmm. So you want to block yourself out. You're listening to your podcast, you're listening to whatever. And then you see the person on the corner who's a guy and you're immediately aware. You are sensing like something is about to go up. And this is not a strange, this is the day to day. Whether they say something or not, the fact that their presence alone breaks whatever like fantasy that you're experiencing listening to it's that that in itself is a fucking problem like you can't just walk down the street and live your life you are aware even if they say something or not it just happens to you so often that you're you're assuming that they're eyeing you down and you can feel it on your body and immediately you feel uncomfortable now normally you walk straight ahead acting like, okay, this is what I do every day. But then sometimes you get so mad that you just break a little bit. And I've done this a lot in Brooklyn <laughs> where I literally pop off and I, and it could be life threat. It's actually sometimes a little scary. I shouldn't be doing this, but I can't help it because sometimes I have a lot of fun. One time I was walking in Harlem and I was wearing gym shorts and this guy this old crusty, crusty man. Old, old crusty man. Saying, hey girl, come sit on my lap. I know. And I'm like, I don't know what, I, I would say possessed, but no, blessed my thoughts. But without hesitation, in this crowded city street, I yell, oh my god, I'm only 16! <laughs> Eve, only Eva, like I'm, I love it. I love it. I yes, know, please. Everyone, more of this. I literally scream that on top of my lungs, and everyone around me is like, "Oh my god, she's only sixteen! Oh my god, she's only sixteen! And I'm like, "One, where the fuck were you guys at when this guy literally destroyed this amazing day I'm having by like objectifying me and telling me to sit? Where were you guys then? But you know, whatever. Beside the point." You guys are now aware, and I'm going to keep it moving. And this guy ran off because he was like, oh, my God. They think, oh, I don't know what they think. And he just leaves. But this shit like that, it is so, so prevalent and happens all the time that sometimes you just got to make fun of it and call them out. That's all for this episode of More Wine, Please. Be sure to follow us on Instagram and Twitter at More Wine Podcast. Also, be sure to check out red.campaign.org to find out how you can embrace the period. And you can also give them a follow on the gram at red.campaign. Again, that's at red.campaign. And thanks for listening. Tune in next week for more More wine, wine, please. Well, let's talk about it.
talk about them all. Okay, you have to talk about Beyonce and Eminem. Yeah, we have about like. But I, just minutes. for the record, I have heard nothing of this song. Oh my. Um, I don't know what it's called, and. Um, walk or something. She's not Jesus. I've just heard That's it was yes. like a step above trash. Whoa. Oh, okay. Are you a Beyonce fan? I am. Oh my God. That was wild. So the podcast is canceled. I can no longer do this with someone who does not support Beyonce's everything. Thank oh, you all Beyonce's for watching. Beyonce's everything? Um, listen. Beyonce is clean. Okay? Listen. You know I am. No, I think I'm I'm here for it.